Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to Right at the Heart. I'm your host, Kara Knight. I'm excited to share this episode with you because I'm truly inspired by our guest. 33-year-old entrepreneur Greg Williams took it to heart, no pun intended there, when his mom told him at a young age, you can be anything you want to be. He put his dreams into action and he's now the CEO of a multi-million dollar company. If you're anything like me, you're wondering, how did he do this? I'll let him share the details. You're listening to Right at the Heart, a podcast focused on sharing inspirational stories from our communities presented by Farmers Bank and Trust. Along the way, you'll learn about managing your finances, news about community events, interviews with local leaders, and more. So get ready to be inspired as we get right at the heart of Farmers Bank and Trust. Greg, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to join us because from what I've been hearing, you have a pretty chaotic lifestyle. It's crazy. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm very happy to be here. So thank you for inviting me. Yeah. We're excited to get to hear your story and learn a little bit about you. First, tell me a little bit about yourself. You know, where did you grow up? Where did you go to school? Okay. So uh, my name is Greg Williams. I'm born and raised in El Dorado, Arkansas. Um, I'm a 2006 graduate of Eldorado High School, um, grew up through the Eldorado public school system, graduated high school in 2006, went off to undergraduate school at Arkansas State University in Jonesboro. Oh, go Red Wolves. Yeah, I love hey. the Red Wolves. Love the Red Wolves. Yes. Are you a Red Wolf as well? I am. Oh, wow. I am. Yeah, Hell awesome. yes. <laughs> um, so I, at, at Arkansas State, uh, I majored in accounting and finance, so I was a double major. And I graduated there with the bachelor's in accounting and finance in 2010, uh, magnum cum laude. And then from there, I went out in the real world, um, worked in corporate America. And while working at you know Murphy USA, I went back and got my master's degree. So I got my master's from the University of Arkansas at Fayetteville from the San Walton School of Business. So I got you know my master's uh, from the U of A. But uh, it's really been it's just really been great. You know, just being able to to pair, you know, the education with yeah. experience at a variety of Fortune 500 companies. Alongside that, being able to, you know, invest into my business. I've, you know, grown that over the last really 10 years because I bought my first rental property back in 2011 when I was 23 years old. So is that what influenced you to move back home to El Dorado after Absolutely. college? Absolutely. It was... You know, I, I I love El Dorado. It's it's my home, born and raised there. So although I've lived in multiple different states, worked for a variety of different companies, I knew the day I walked into corporate America at 23 years old that I only wanted to do that for probably about 10 years. Wow. So while working in corporate America, um, I made it a priority to continue to invest into the businesses that I own. And that's what I did. At 23, I started buying rent houses. Um, and every year, literally, I was working a corporate job. But for 10 years straight, I was reinvesting my savings and uh, money from investments I made to be able to build up 
you know, my business portfolio for about 10 years. Did you always see yourself as an entrepreneur? I mean, gosh, at 23, I'm not really sure. I was yeah. thinking like, hey, how can I reinvest <laughs> this money? And I, um, I've, It's one of these things where growing up, so it was really a challenge for me at times in corporate America because my whole life I've been a leader. So okay. from the time I was five, six years old, from playing youth sports, I was always the point guard. I was the quarterback. So my whole life, I've always kind of been in a position of Take leadership. Charge, yeah. And then, you know, after college, everybody goes through this, right? Every high performing college student goes through that. Then you walk through those doors in corporate America, you know, and it's like, oh my gosh. Life hits you in the face. And exactly. You're like, uh. <laughs> it's like, dude, this is like real life. This now. is for real. <laughs> you know, and you're, you know, so for me, it was tough because, you know, you go into corporate America, there's many other people that are equally talented or more talented, more experienced. But for me, I always knew I was a leader. And although before I left corporate America, I, I was a manager at a Fortune 500 company. I knew that I was totally capable of being a CEO. So although my corporate career, I made it to management, I've always saw myself as a CEO of a multi-million dollar company. And that's what I've built today. The fact that you recognize that within yourself, that you were capable of that, because I feel like there's so many young people that are so capable, but don't see that potential within themselves Absolutely. or know what kind of path to take. Yeah. So I hear all of these really cool things. I'm like, okay, what are these companies he's working for? <laughs> yeah. Like, who is this man? Yeah. So tell us about your career. You know, yeah. what business ventures, you know, have you been involved in? And okay. then, you know, that you're involved in now. Yeah. So um, my first job out of out of college, I started working for J.P. Morgan Chase as okay. a financial analyst. Yeah. I was really blessed because I was actually working in the home lending department. So as a 22, 23-year-old financial analyst, I learned how to evaluate loans. And that was back in 2010 where we were in the, you know, the recession and real estate crisis. So I was able to really understand wow. how banks mark down foreclosed homes and that whole process. So at some point I'm there, right? And I started to see all these different investors and they were like sharks. The moment we would write down a house, you get all these different <laughs> bids on it. And I'm like, man, who, who are these people? So just kind of the analyst side of me, I start running numbers and I'm like, wow, they could really make these homes cash flow and they're building equity from the time in which they, they make these purchases. So that was my first job, financial analyst, JP Morgan Chase. And then at some point, you know, again, I'm a millennial, right? So yeah. <laughs> um, everything I do, I try to make sure it's purpose driven. So um, after JP Morgan Chase, I decided to join a program called Teach for America. So at that point, you know, I had invested, so I had about six or seven rent homes at that time, and I decided to to really um, give back to the community. So I relocated to the south side of Memphis, Tennessee, and I was a sixth grade math teacher. Oh, and, wow. And I did that because, you know, I wanted to serve uh, children that were at risk and um, really kind of underserved. So I did that for a few years in Memphis, Tennessee, and I decided, well, you know, I really want to get back to corporate uh, that was the toughest job I had, and it it made a man out of me. I can <laughs> so, only imagine. Yeah, it was it was tough, but it it really I, I really learned a lot from that maturity wise. So then from there, um, I relocated back to El Dorado, 
And I started to work with Murphy Oil Corporation. Okay. And that was, you know, the exploration and drilling company that is now located in Houston. So I worked there and then eventually I transitioned to the Murphy USA uh, business where I spent about six years there collectively, you know, as a part of as a part of their team at Murphy USA. And that was that was just great to be in that environment, have exposure to different executives, work yeah. on really complex um, problems. So and what that, did you do there at Murphy oh, USA? Yeah. So at Murphy USA, I, um, I primarily worked as a compensation analyst and a compensation manager. And what I did there was um, I ran all the analytics for the HR uh, department in terms of, you know, cost, program cost, um, efficiencies, um, different recommendation on different benefit programs and pay programs. Yeah. So that's what I did there for Murphy USA for about six years and just solved all type of different analytical problems. On so the you really side of the are business. like the, the brains behind, <laughs> you know, many different operations. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, and like I say, but it was very beneficial spending those six years having that level of interaction with different executives sure. to understand how they frame problems, how they thought about them, how they approached them. And I think that's been that's been so beneficial in the way I approach the businesses that that I own and, and operate. Yeah, absolutely. Just, yeah, just the way I, we frame problems, the way we think about them, the way we structure um, our ideas before we execute. So a lot of that came from, you know, working at different large companies, yeah, you know, learning absolutely. from executives. And, and you were so young, too. I oh, yeah. It can, can, do you mind if I ask, how yeah. old are you? Oh, I'm, I'm 33. I'm 33. 33 now. years old. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, I'm 33 now. Well, I feel old. You're not. <laughs> <laughs> Here we are. We've got lots of life to live. I, I feel really inspired because I'm not much younger than you are. And wow, you've already done a whole lot. Oh, man, it's, it's been, it, I don't get much sleep. Put it that way. <laughs> and many days. You can sleep I, when you're dead. Isn't that yeah, what they say? Look, I'll tell you because it's. You know, and that's, and I think that's been the difference. You know, we, it's many times, especially even today. So, and you mentioned, so that was kind of my path through corporate. But I also mentioned that back in 2011, that's when I got into real estate business. So I started in 2011. Within the first year, I bought like six homes. And then at some point in this cycle, probably three, four years later, it kind of, I kind of got a little stagnant. Um, and I was really trying to understand how to really scale a real estate portfolio from 20 homes to a hundred. And at some point, that's when I developed that relationship with Farmers Bank and Trust. I wow. walked into the bank. I had about, at the time, I think I had like 17 homes. I didn't owe a dime on them. I got with the right bankers here at Farmers Bank and Trust, Blake, Blake Fain over in Camden. And literally, we were able to scale my portfolio over the last, like, four years. I've literally grown it to 118 doors. So that's... Wow, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. So that's just one of yeah, your business one ventures. Of the yeah. So what what other businesses yeah. do you currently own? So so outside of... So my real estate business, that's Empire Properties. So we have about 118 doors there. We've, I think that valuation on those are, it's, it's over $5 million in terms of the valuation on those properties. But outside of that, um, I do own Prime Liquors. 
We're a drive-thru liquor store. We're best known for our daiquiri product line. So I bought that. Me and one of my business partners, we uh, LaShonda Miles, we bought that a year ago, right before the pandemic. And oh, that's man. a whole nother. I mean, <laughs> so, <laughs> there's never a, a perfect time to go into business. But I could tell you that was the absolutely perfect time, completely unplanned, <laughs> to get into the liquor business. Right, yep. before, right at the beginning. <laughs> right before everybody has to go home <laughs> yeah, exactly. and nothing else to do. Yeah, exactly. So we, <clears throat> so we own um, Prime Liquors. We've doubled the revenue on that business over the last year. We've grown that quite a bit. And then our latest uh, business venture is Williams Foods. We actually opened that on April the 2nd of this year, of 2021. So we're not even two weeks into that, and we're off to a very strong start. What made you go into the grocery store business, you know, Mm -hmm. going from real estate to liquor to Mm -hmm. grocery? Well, it it was one of these things where it was really this situation where I only got into the liquor business because I wanted to learn retail. So I felt like the liquor business would have been a very low and calculated risk that would give me the opportunity to, to gain competence in retail before trying to scale it up to do something as complex as a small neighborhood market that has hundreds of different SKUs, <laughs> many different products and variety. And that was the thinking process behind getting into the liquor business. But really what, what led me there was as I scanned the market um, on East Hillsboro, which is kind of like the the lower income um, side of town, as I scan the environment and as I talk to different customers and different residents that live over on East Hillsboro, what we un- what we all understood was on this particular side of town, you had access to tobacco, liquor, and some of the other convenience store items. But in order to get access to, uh, you know, a fresh apple, a fresh orange, a fresh pack of meat, residents would have to commute all the way across town to Northwest Avenue in order to get access to just simple mm. products like that. So it always started with a problem. So as I sit down and kind of frame this, I'm like, well, I think this is an opportunity to bring something like this that can be um, low cost, convenient, and a really loud customers very easy access to get um, items that they would need so i really designed that business the business of william sues i really designed that around customers being able to come to the store and pick up 15 to 20 dollars worth of grocery or small items that they need whether that's you know a gallon of milk a loaf of bread you know a carton of eggs um, in addition to if they want a fresh pack of ground beef or some pig feet, some pork chops, you know, <laughs> oh, they still have no. access to all pig of that. Feet. Right. Yeah. And, and and my customers love them. Right. I, I didn't even realize it. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, but they but but that's what makes Williams Foods um, so unique, because that's the only place you can go get something like that on that whole side of town and it's about 10,000 residents that's on the east side of town. Yeah. I've heard of those. They call them like food deserts where they're just out Mm -hmm. kind of, and there's no access. So it's really, you are, it sounds like just from hearing you talk this brief amount of time, a problem solver, but 
it sounds like you kind of enjoy the giving back. Oh, absolutely. Helping um, those that are less fortunate. Yeah, and and for me, it's always been about, I don't ever go into business where my target is solely focused on, focused on economics, mm-hmm. like money, financials, et cetera. I always start with framing or identifying what, what the problem or opportunity is. And again, with Williams Foods, it was around, Hey, if you live in this particular area, the problem here is you don't have access to to healthy foods. And if and that's kind of what I started with, and what what we end up doing with Williams Foods, we brought that to make it make it easier for people to have access to that. Thus, hopefully, they become healthier by having healthier food, easier access. Maybe they help, maybe they would make healthier decisions. Yeah, you know, around food and with their life or their families. And have you seen um, how the community has responded? Oh man, it's been overwhelming. I was so nervous when I took on that. Um, Fifteen years ago, there was a store, not even a mile up the street, called Saymore, and everybody loved that store. Everybody, everybody actually went there. And fifteen years ago, they closed it down. So that gap has existed probably for about fifteen years. So for me, I was very nervous about taking on that risk but you know this is we've been open 11 days now and what we have saw in terms of sales and traffic to the store it's been way beyond our target Um, the community has really rallied behind this the pride I see in people as they walk through the door Mm -hmm. they're so shocked they walk in it's really nice it's modern it's neat it's clean it's well structured it's just so much pride when a customer walk through the door and they see what it is we're offering there and they see familiar faces. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it's been it's just been great. The community has really came out um, to support us, you know, and it, it just wouldn't be possible without the community supporting us, without having good banker relationships. Farmers <laughs> Bank and Trust have really been a really big part of um, all of my businesses. At Farmers Bank and Trust, our core values are built into the word heart. Absolutely. You probably see heart everywhere, mm-hmm. uh, right at the heart. This is what the podcast mm-hmm. is called. What means oh, wow. honor, excellence, adaptability, respect, and teamwork. Yeah. So with that in mind, you were talking about some of those resources that have kind of helped mm-hmm. you, you know, obtain funding and getting your businesses started. Are there any other resources? I know you've said you've really gained a lot of that wisdom and just kind of seeing other entrepreneurs work from your earlier days and working in business. Mm -hmm. What other resources have helped you? Um, I I think for me, I I try to, well, one of the biggest things is really surrounding myself with like-minded individuals. Yeah. So while I've, this is my first um, round in grocery, I know I've developed a network of people that's been in it 10 to 15 years. So when I run into a question about where to get a certain product or even some of these people I buy product from, I can get on the phone and say, Hey man, um, this is kind of the complication I've ran into. How would you go about thinking about this and solving it? And just having that network of very experienced um, entrepreneur uh, friends within my network that I can call on, whether they're in Memphis, Tennessee or Dallas, Texas, or some of these other areas you know, there's there's times where literally I'll go spend a day at, you know, one of my friend's stores in Memphis, Tennessee, 
you know, our customers, our demographics are a lot alike. I'll go there, train for a day. You know, that way I know how to have how what the processes should be at my store. You know, so right. having a, a well-rounded network of experienced entrepreneurs that you can call on, that's been helpful. Um, having really deep relationships with bankers where I've had a track history of success in multiple different businesses for 10 years plus. Having that type of relationship that's built upon first results, trust, and confidence. Mm-hmm. That's what allows me to be able to take a chance on bringing kind of these core type businesses into, you know, into, into communities. That's what allow us to do that is by having those relationships with bankers because it starts with having the access to the capital. Right. And I think the other thing, too, is is having a very diversified portfolio of businesses. Mm-hmm. So what I saw during the pandemic was that at times real estate real estate kind of slowed down a little bit in the early days because a lot of residents were were struggling, businesses were cutting hours, that flowed through the residents. They paid, it just took them a little bit longer to pay. Having a at that time liquor well real estate kind of slowed up a little bit, but my liquor business kind of went Shut through the roof. It spiked, you know so. Having that portfolio of complementary businesses between real estate, retail liquor, and now retail grocery, they complement each other so well to where it allows me the ability to take certain chances. So I was able to literally reinvest profits from real estate to develop a grocery store and live off income from the retail liquor business. Right. Well, that was going to be Absolutely. my next question oh, is yeah. in what ways have you had to be adaptable? Oh, yeah. It sounds like you really figured it out as you went. Yeah. And diversification is so important in business not to have all your eggs in just one basket. Because some of my entrepreneur friends, it was really tough. Some of my friends with restaurants, you know, yeah, it's it was just really, it's been really, really tough on them. Um, and, you know, and I, it's been really tough. Yeah. But, but what I can say is, and I think, you know, diversification is just so important in business, not to have all your eggs just in one basket. Mm-hmm. You and know. your businesses as a whole, are they called Empire Arkansas? Yeah. So what the way we kind of the the way we kind of uh, refer to them is that, um, I mean, literally, this thing has been growing like a machine, <laughs> right? So literally, it could be two weeks from now, there's another business added on. But um, the way we kind of think about it is the real estate business, that's just empire properties. But collectively, we look at it as empire because we have prime liquors and we have Williams Foods and we don't know where this thing may take us. OK. And six months from now, again, it could be another it could be something else added on. But do you have an ultimate goal for empire? Yeah. So what and really what our goal is and every every specific business has a unique mission and objective the real estate business empire properties our mission there was is simple it's to provide it's to provide quality affordable housing for all people you know and it started with just that simple statement because 10 years ago there was a very uh, keen shortage of quality yet affordable uh, rental homes available mm-hmm. in town so when I got in it, that's what it was all about. And we've held true to that mission 
where we're going to be at or slightly below market and rent, but our properties are going to be much better than much better quality than, than what you would see in the market. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's the sole purpose we want to, that's what we want to do in real estate. Um, and we've already kind of talked about Williams Food and Prime Liquors. That's the fun business. And the way I describe <laughs> it, like real estate, real estate, like it's real estate is my favorite business. It's, it's my first business. It's my baby. Like I literally built that from from the ground up. It, it's my baby. Yeah, you said it was like, what, 17 and then it grew to like yeah. over 100. Yeah. So that's so that's very special to me. It's probably my favorite business. Um, the liquor business is my most fun business. It's so much, we have so much fun in the liquor business. I wonder business. why. <laughs> yeah, we have so much fun there. Like our customers, they they come, they want to have a good time, right? And then we get over to the grocery business where it's all about um, having a positive impact, you know, in the lives yeah, of, the uh, and, and people. Yeah, meeting the needs of people. And meeting the needs of people in that community. But that's, but all, all the businesses, they're so unique and they have a certain culture. Sounds like... With each business, there is a proud moment. Oh, yeah. But they're all so unique and different. I, I will say, and there's been highlights with, with each one. Um, I will say in the real estate business, probably the peak there was when whenever I closed on my first apartment complex. Um that was a really big, that was a really big moment. And it was actually funded by Farmers Bank and Trust. So hey, awesome. um, at the time, I think I was like 29, you know, and working with farmers, we made it happen. And that was my most proudest moment. And I will say that was a moment to where I can, I can say we really kind of took a step up to the next level in real estate when we got that. Cause what came along with that, once we closed on an apartment complex, we were able to get uh, a corporate housing contract with a multi-billion dollar company in town. Okay. So where we house all of their engineers and they gave us that opportunity and we still have their relationship today where we house all their engineers. But, and before I even got the complex, that multi-billion dollar company, before I even closed on that complex, that multi-billion dollar company had already agreed to give us the housing contract. And once I was able to bring that into the bank and working with farmers, it just sealed it. And it's all about relationships, all isn't about it? All about relationships. <laughs> you know, and we do what we say every single time. Right. You know, we do exactly what we commit to doing. We and we deliver every single time. And so that was what that was probably the highlight of the yeah. real estate company. And since then we've added other apartment complex, et cetera. Sure. Um I'll say in in the liquor business one of our one of one of my most proudest moments um, in that was being able to to donate uh, certain products for different events. So we love it when we can work with nonprofits and we can donate wines, mm-hmm. you know, and they can go out and fundraise, have a dinner, raise money, and it doesn't cost them a thing to be able to do that. But with the grocery business, um, our proudest moment has been literally just getting through the grand opening because we built that from scratch. You know, I went out through the help of Farmers Bank and Trust. <laughs> I bought an abandoned building. It used to be a glass 
warehouse. Yeah, I think I saw you do a Facebook Live. Yeah. I mean, you had like friends out there and y'all had, you were moving in a bunch of stock and it sounded like you were family with with all of the people helping you. Yeah. And and those have just been members of the community. You know, they just stepping up to help. They'll just step out. Well, they just, yeah, step up to help us. But our most proud, proudest moment with that because we built this from, it was an abandoned glass shop. And then we've literally built a whole supply chain for a grocery store. Um, literally from scratch, you know, there's no franchise. That's amazing. You know, and so that's been a lot of work. We're still in the early stages and it's only going to get better and better, but we're really, really proud of what we were able to do, um, to get people access to all those different products. I know that you've learned a lot from a lot of different experiences working at different companies, but who has been your greatest inspiration through all of this? Yeah, I'll, I'll probably say my mom. Um, and my mom's name is uh, Joyce Johnson, but and my mom has been my greatest inspiration um, because just growing up in El Dorado, my mom just worked really, really hard to provide for us. Um, at times, she had multiple jobs. Um, I think my mom made it to 10th grade before she started a family and all of that. Mm-hmm. So what she did, she worked these really um, labor-intensive jobs to get me, my brother, and my three sisters to get us all the way through school and college. It was my sophomore year in college and my brother's first year in college. My mom decided to really commit to going back to get her GED. So my mom went back, got her GED. Um, Good for her. And not only did she get her GED, she decided to go into college. So me, my mom and my brother, we was all in college at the same time. So she got her GED, then she enrolled at SAU Magnolia. And after she got a bachelor's from SAU Magnolia, she decided to get an MBA from SAU Magnolia. (laughs) So my mom... um, but I, and I Good say that for you, because, Joyce. <laughs> yeah, so I, so I say that to say uh, one thing my mom always told me when I was a child, even now, you can be anything that you want to be. And I know every every parent probably tells their child that. But it's something that I really took to heart and I really believe. Yeah, she set a great example for yeah. you and modeled kind of that yeah. way of working and yeah. really multitasking oh, yeah. is what it sounds like yeah. with five kids and Lots of jobs, and I can only imagine. Yeah. I only have one daughter, and whoo. Yeah, and, and she worked <laughs> really hard. Yeah. And like I say, she could have, she could have decided, hey, my kids grown. You know, I'm in my, I'm in my, you know, late forties. Yeah, she could have just given up. Yeah, yeah but she decided, hey, you know, my boy's in college. All my kids have graduated college. I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna get me a degree. And today, my mom's actually, she actually runs my real estate company. She's the day to day person. She oversees a. You know, a, a, a you know a pretty good sized real estate portfolio. Do you have a team that helps you excel? Oh, absolutely. Obviously, absolutely. there's probably many more than just your mom. Yeah. So, um, and this man, God has been good to us. It's been it's been crazy just to see the growth. But so right now we have about 25 employees. We have uh, Joyce, my mom. She oversees the day to day in the real estate portfolio with the residential. Um, we have. Uh, Latonya Miles, she's the store manager. She's managing, you know, our liquor store, and she does really, really well. That's my fiance's uh, mom. So my soon-to-be mother-in-law, she runs that business like wow. it's hers. She That's runs awesome. it very, very well. And then at Williams Foods, um, Kathy Rivers uh, runs that, and and Kathy is the manager there. Kathy does a really, a really good job of running that business. And Kathy actually 
um, in the past was the liquor store manager, and she brings about 20 years in retail over, and she does a good job in in running that that business. Outside of that, we have a very strong network of contractors that we work with um, to manage our different properties. We also have real estate that's outside of El Dorado. We have a, a apartment complex over in Monticello, so we have a Monticello-based team as well that that operates uh, that particular apartment complex. They and they are an extension of me. Um, <laughs> they do a really good job, and I'm so proud of them. That's one of the things I take so much pride in. And and it's interesting because one of the one of the great joys of being an entrepreneur is when you when you understand the positive impact you can have on everyday people lives outside of your customers, not just your customers, but your your employees as well. Um, And just being able to see them see the success of the business and how that translates down to success for them in terms of raises and and different bonus type programs is it's, it's just been great i know people can't see you they can only hear you but when you start talking about you kept saying you know we've got 25 employees your face kind of lights up yeah, and you kind of have yeah. this smile on your face because i'm sure you're thinking like gosh how did we get here this yeah, is so ne- cool never <laughs> i'm telling you like i part of me thought some someday it could be that but it's just so much different when you're living it every day you're like wow man i I really can't believe I have that. 25 employees. Yeah. And, you know, and in corporate America, I managed a team of three people. Yeah. You know, and it's like, man, I got a team of 25. You know, someday that could be 100. Who knows? You yeah. know, it's, but it's just, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's been a blessing. It's been a blessing. We're, we're like a big family. That's great. I love hearing stories. Obviously, that's why we do this podcast to hear stories, but to see how you kind of answer. And I wish maybe we'll start doing some video with the podcast <laughs> one day because your face, you know, when you answer certain questions, you can tell like something just means a lot to oh, you. Yeah. And well, speaking of businesses and supporting local, and I'm sure you've supported lots of businesses oh, around South yeah. Arkansas oh, and yeah. Memphis and all the places that oh, you've been. Yeah. What are some of your favorite local businesses to support here in South Arkansas? Okay, so man, where where do I start? Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you can name a few, yeah. So, so I'll start with kind of my contractor network because these guys, when I say they are best in class at what they do, um, Benji Plumbing Service. That's one of my. I mean, Benji. He's based out of Smackover, Arkansas, right there in Union County. He does a fantastic job. Um, mean all our plumbing needs. Electrical company, uh, Scott's Electric. Um, again, Michael and his team, they do a fantastic job, um, support not only us, but all their customers. Um, outside of that, um, I love to eat at House Barbecue. They have really good food there. <laughs> um, <laughs> they have really good food there at House Barbecue. <laughs> so we, so I eat there quite a bit. Probably more than what I, when I should. When you walk in, I do they there. know what to start preparing oh, for yeah, you? Oh, yeah, yeah. They know what I'm going to eat every single time. Um, Ken's, Ken's Discount. Um, oh, yeah. Ken Blackman, he he runs a best-in-class shop there. Also, Burbank Furniture. When I'm looking for furniture to, you know, to furnish um, apartments for the real estate portfolio, I always go to Burbank Furniture. Um, I, I can keep going yeah. on and on because I <laughs> – because we, we, we with work with so many local businesses that's mm-hmm. just like us. 
Which is great to keep it local and support local yeah. and small businesses. We're all about that. Oh, yeah. Farmers Timmons Hardware. Interest. I got to say Tim, um, Timmons Hardware as well. <laughs> Plug that one in. Yeah, because they, they are fantastic, too. They they do a great job. Is there anything that I did not ask you that you would like to mention or say? Well, I think, um, so I think it's, so probably one of the, the questions I get, I'll say most often when I'm just like around town, I walk in Walmart mm-hmm. or someone catches me in my store and they're young and kind of young and up and coming. They're like, man, how did you, how did you get to the point to where you are today? Like, how do you transition from being, you know, just like this really, really talented person, high performer. I got a really good job. I have this education. How do you go from, from all of that to being at a point where you've kind of developed your own portfolio businesses. So the thing I, I often say is, I think it comes comes back to you really truly have to believe in yourself. It's not easy. Mm-hmm. There's really no playbook. You have to truly believe in yourself. You have to believe that where you are today, you really deserve more. You have to believe in your abilities. That, you know, you can truly be anything that you fully commit yourself to being, you know, and if I if I trust, you know, that everything is going to work out, that the good Lord is going to take care of the rest. You know, you'll look up just by taking baby steps. You'll look up, you know, just by going to work every day, doing a little bit, soften a little bit. And you'll do that over a period of time. And you look up and you're like, wow, man, that, you know, that really became what I thought it would be. But that's what I'll say. I, I just want to encourage everyone, you know, because I'm a dreamer, right? I have really big dreams. E- even now, I still got really big dreams. I often dream about where where this could be, go someday. And if not for me, myself personally, but for my, you know, my two children, uh, Grant and Grayson, you know, I'm a dreamer. So I just want to encourage people, you know, you got to think big. You got to think bold. You got to be willing to dream. Greg, thank you for sharing your incredible story. As our motto goes, to us, your family. If you're listening and interested in visiting one of Greg's stores, I'll have the details on our blog, rightattheheart.com. Remember, that's where you can find all of our podcast episodes. Just click the tab, Podcast. If you're familiar with podcasts and you listen regularly, be sure to subscribe on whatever app you use. That way, you'll be notified when a new episode is available. Thanks for tuning in. Member FDIC Equal Housing Lender.